Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, here we go. We finally got him on. I've been absolutely harassing him for years. My favourite Scottish manager. It's Pep Hughes for Leaf. John Hughes, how are you doing? No bad, Shy. How are you? Good, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. Like when he was a player as well, try to get your signers all the time. You wouldn't come on here either. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. It's a pleasure. Let's have a bit of fun, eh? Oh, the reason I want you to come on is because you've never thanked us either. <laughs> Never th- that year you got SPL Manager of the Year. I got you six points for Dundee, didn't I? Uh, I can remember you actually playing with Dundee. I can first remember you playing up at Barrowfield for Celtic. Tremendous. Uh, what are you okay with? Tremendous. Playing with the kids, running the show. You were. You used to commentate, get her in the corner, teaser back and all that. <laughs> I was at Falkirk at the time. And I always say, right, I'll need to keep my eye on him. Um, and then... Always keeping, I can remember playing when I was at Inverness. You were actually on the bench, and you were on the bench for, for Dundee. You were at Dundee, we played you at Inverness, and you had to come on after 20 minutes. You played against the boy Watkins. Watkins, you all over the place. Were you the night before? Do you know what? I've told this story on here, Yogi. Me and Barry were boxing the night before because I thought there was no chance of me getting on. We've done a two-hour boxing session and then I get dragged on after 20 minutes and big Marley Watkins fucking ragdolled us, didn't he? I could hear you laughing. <laughs> you don't want to go on against him. He was, honestly, Si, that boy was a freak of nature. He was six feet one, six feet two. He could run like the wind. And see when I seen that, uh, oh, I says, he's torn a caravan. So that's your excuse. That's my excuse Barris, oi, that's the first time I've ever played in a game where the opposition manager was actually pissing himself laughing when somebody borsed his ear. <laughs> right, mate, we'll get on to the career. And you can tell by your head that you started in junior, junior football. Did you love it? <laughs> Absolutely loved it. The, uh, the thing about junior football, I played with Newton Green Star, Simon. And I'll tell you what happened. It was all your, you probably know the juniors, uh, even Dunairshire, Dundee, like, it was all your mining villages, Bonnerig, Armiston, 
Newton Green Star, all these guys. And they were all within 10 miles of each other, 5 miles of each other. So, and all the players come from the town, from Edinburgh. So you would go up in Edinburgh, get picked up, everybody would meet, you know, you got to know all the guys. You'd be playing against them on a Saturday, you'd kick lumps with each other and come back at night and have a couple of babies back in Edinburgh. Um, absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. I loved it. One thing it taught you, you had to toughen yourself up, but also you had to make sure that you were moving the ball. Because mm-hmm. if you took an extra touch, these guys would just clobber into you. Uh, it was brilliant. And the social life was absolutely brilliant. Really good, good punch it was. Good to ask you now as well, Yogi, because obviously there's been a lot made about coach teams going into the, the lower leagues. For yourself as a young player, you think that would do in the world of good? Yeah, definitely. I think you have to go and play men's football because that was me coming out of the juveniles and going into the, the men's football. Was that juvenile prison, Yogi, or was that juvenile football? <laughs> no, it was a Boston was a prison. Is <laughs> <laughs> he on the junior? Yeah. No, no, I'm having it in grain, Si, honestly. They wore Rangers strips. And I'm talking about the socks, the black socks with the red tops as well. And I go, oh, I can't handle this. But absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And the boys, not just, in, not just in Newton Grange, the boys I met playing for Bonnerig and Armiston and all these guys. Uh, it was great, really good. What type of scenes would you see in the juniors back then? Was it like arguments with the crowds, fights on the pitch? Was there boys saying fags? Oh, aye, a wee bit of that. But uh, we, we had a manager called Laurie Dunn. It was... Uh, eventually come in uh, it was Bob Curry was signed me there and Laurie Dunn come in and he wanted to play total football he was a real football guy but there was no linesman there was no linesman it was just so you could imagine guys lying spark but you learn to jump so I honestly I, every week cut eye cut eye worse nose because I was just a young boy jumping try and old guys coming in so you learn how to handle yourself but the most important thing was for me is to learn how to move the ball and pass it. I played in midfield at the time. Broke my leg a few times. I can remember playing St. Rocks and the manager says, you'll beat this team. Scottish Cup, you'll beat this team. With three or four. A minute ago, it was still nil-nil. And I was getting frustrated and I went in hard on this old guy. And he took it after the game, just shook my hand. He says, see you next week, young man. Ten minutes into the game, next to the game, wait, boom, broken leg. No way. A broken leg, spoke, just hammer. It was a chip right on the bottom of my ankle, and that was me. And that was it, that was your learning. That was your learning. Just done it in a way, and I was sticking a two in a tackle, but you go, they'll mm, never do that away. But the juniors was brilliant. And then you went to Berwick Rangers. Was that very much a junior club feel about it as well, or was that a step up in professionalism? Well, no, probably Newton Grange could probably beat Berwick Rangers. But I went there uh, because... Playing with Newton Green Star, it was all like seniors that I played with, you know, great guys and all young guys that never made the grade, like myself. You were hoping when you leave the school, you've got to make the grade. It never happened. So uh, going to Berwick Rangers, that was my first real senior club, although it was part-time. I was a painter and decorator at the time. And the reason I went there, it was a boy called Jimmy Thompson was a, a docker beside my old man. Jimmy Thompson done really well at Aloha over the years, got good success. He was then the manager at Berwick. He said, I want to sign your, your laddie. I went down there and played for Berwick. We were bottom in the league, but I never played for him. I tore my calf. And then he got the sack and in come the gruesome twosome. <laughs> the gaffer and the gaffer and bullet. Yeah, this is what I was desperate to ask you, Yogi, because everyone that plays under them is shit scared of them. But I know you're hard. 
Were you scared of them as well? No, 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 no. But there was a real respect there, Simon, because honestly, I never really got on with him when he first came in because I was a Jimmy Thompson man. When he got the sack, I'm sort of saying to myself, I'm not having this. So the gaffer says, I will, fine, when you come in, fine, I'll put you back to Newton Green Star. But Newton Green Star weren't wanting me. They, they were saying, no, just give us some money. And it, so they were having an argument. So eventually I sort of settled down, got myself fit, and really struck a great rapport up with the gaffer, real, in terms of respect. <clears throat> and he was there for me at a time that I needed it. I was at that age where I could have went off the rails, I could have went anyway. And football, and he really sort of got me concentrated on football, taking it serious. Really started bringing a professional uh, professionalism to the club. And one of my idols, one of my heroes was Ralph Callahan. He used to play for Harps and Hubs. Ralph was a wee bit like you in midfield. He could get a player in the corner, go and follow his pass, all that stuff. And what that, a player. Uh, what a player. Jim Jeffries used to be play centre-forward. I was never a centre-forward, but... The centre halves knew they were in a game. They were yeah. elbows. I just come out the juniors, you know, sticking your head in when it was hurt. And we went 22 games unbeaten. And I want to think we jumped one place. Uh, and your Swansea career started off well. You got beat exactly Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a story about that. I, go I, went, I, I went to Swansea as a centre forward. And that was my first time full time. I was 22. 23, so I missed all that apprenticeship coming up. I was never a centre-forward. All right, playing centre-forward for Berwick Rangers when you're playing part against part-timers and you're stronger and more physical. Down there when you're playing against the full-timers, you're up against it. I was struggling. It was, it was really struggling. But I, I kept working away. I kept in the team. There was a coach down there called Tommy Hutchison. He used to play for Manchester City, Scotland International. He was a Scots guy. He was hard on us. He wanted the Scots guys. Every, I made the mistake to tell him I just stayed in a flat just around the back of the, the training pitch. So every afternoon he would say, you're back in, you're back in. And he'd be back around just pinging balls off the wall, me taking a touch, backing in, all this stuff. Anyway, I, I kept in the team and we, we got Liverpool in the FA Cup. They come down to, the, to Swansea. We drew in them nil-nil. I should have had a wee, I had a wee chance with a header in the last five minutes that I should have done better with. And I could, I could have been a hero. Now, now mm. finished up. So we go down to the replay at Anfield. We're in the team. Do you ever remember, do you remember the tangos, the Adidas tango balls? Uh-huh, the white and black. These, Si, you just pinged these things and these things just took off. Yeah. Liverpool played with these things, right? They, they, they must have, they, they, they played with them. You're talking about Beardsley and all oh, a lot of them, McMahon, a lot of them, Stevie Nicol, Hansen, all these guys. They absolutely battered us. Eight now, didn't they? Eight now. Ball man, a couple of my uncles come down for the match. And my mum was phoning me up for two or three days after and said, Where's your old man? They stayed doing it on the swallow for three days. They had their union cards and they were going into all the clubs, stayed in there for three days, went on a swallow. And that was it. So, uh, every time I actually bumped into Kenny Dugush at one of the Celtic matches and he keeps reminding me of that. So, uh, brilliant. Oh, is, he the manager? is he the manager, Yogi? Kenny was the manager, aye. Manager. Did he say anything to you during the game because you were a Scottish boy or that, nah? No, well, I knew, no really, because he, uh, but going back, 
obviously when I eventually later on in my career when I ended up at Celtic and young Paul was at Celtic, Paul Douglas, yeah. and everybody trained at Barrowfield, so we were all close together. Every now and then you would walk off the training pitch and Kenny Douglas would be standing watching the training. Obviously it was up to watch Paul, but took an interest. Uh, so he knew he knew and he says that he said, Remember that wee chance you had? You know, Kira uh, uh, means yourself a hero. You come off him. You've got a heat like a shell of his come off the wrong back. And it wasn't a Swansea you're talking about now. It was the old Vetch. And the old Vetch was right next to the jail. Right. It was just a street. And you would be driving in and all the, all the prisoners would be shouting out, oh, you're dumpling, you're useless. And you're like, who's up? Who's up? You see, and the boy's shouting back out, what do you mean, who's up? I'm getting it tomorrow. I'll be good to see you. And all that. Oh, no. <laughs> and, that was, and that was it. It was just, but it was absolutely brilliant. Give some of the best stories. Give some of the funniest stories because ex teammates of Hodon have said that you were the best character in the dressing room. So, what's your standout stories for us? Falkirk. Oh, Falkirk. Well, the thing about it is, even from where I went and all my time in football, that dressing room at Falkirk was the best I've ever been in. But that was a gaffer. He brought the right character and the right spirit. And don't forget, there was one or two guys that would turn up and they wouldn't last a month. If you didn't fancy them, they'd just go, he's no for me, move him on. You had to, you, you had to be involved. That's what he built it on. Uh, and it was absolutely fantastic. Obviously, as we went on, the players I mentioned, Morris Johnston uh, and Big John Clark. You remember Big Clarkie? The place for Dundee United? Big John Clark. But Big John Clark, was in, he stayed in Edinburgh. Uh, Clarkie was the funniest guy ever. He was a real funny boy. He left Dundee United and he went to Stoke. And then once again, recruitment, the gaffer went and got him, brought him back up to Falkirk. He was about a stone and a half over, two stone over. But he was one of these guys that was rapid quick. Yeah. Right? A real. And he's the best striker, best striker of ball I ever played with. Dead ball, moving ball. Knee back lift, he could hit it 60, 70 yards, whip it, chip it. What a ball striker he was. Real good. Scored again for Dundee United against Barcelona in a new camp. Jim McNally played on Yogi Ur. My manager, he story about him being overweight at United and that as well, said he was funny. He was the funniest boy ever, so I'll tell you a story. Morris Johnston, our travelling car was Clarkie, me, Morris Johnston, a boy called Bully McNeil, and another guy called Neil Oliver, who I played with doing at Berwick, who's real funny, funny boy. And he played with me at Falkirk for five years. He's one of my best mates in football because he's got that dry sense of humour and he just used to wind it up. So we're going through, we're going through to play a game at Falkirk and it's really cold. Clarkie's selling whiskey to somebody at Falkirk. So he's got the car all filled up with big boxes of whiskey, right? So we've gone through. So he's taking, we're going through to train now. We're going through to train. So he's lining the car with the whiskey. So we get through at Falkirk. We're all unloading it in the whiskey and I'm saying to Clarkie, so you're lucky, I said, you better watch what you're doing with the polis. At Falkirk at the time, at Brockville, the AstroTurf was right next to it. So we're training on the AstroTurf. This is a true story. The polis then turns up, and I was just joking. I said, Clarky, there's the polis for you. Sai, can we see John Clark? Well, he just, he just about dropped a two stone there and then. And he away he went. And you could see him just, ah, I'm here. Ah, man, he's going to get done. Speeding ticket. Honestly, a speeding ticket. He was, he was like, whoosh. But what a boy he was. The other time we were going through, I'll tell you another time. Morris Johnston come in the club. At Falkirk, we were all blazers and flannels. 
Blazers wear a badge, you know that stuff. Right. So Morris, we sing Morris for Harps. And Morris come, Morris was, he obviously never had these blazer and flannels. He, he was all Versace, you know, the ice blue and the pinks and all that stuff for the suits. We're into the gaffer. See, gaffer, carry off that. No, no, get him fine. No, no, he's, he's been measured up. So a couple of weeks, we've seen, get him fine, can't have that. We're going through in the morning. It was really cold. Clarkie's missus was taking us through, so we got drops off about half past one, ready to get changed. Next again, minute, the game's cancelled. So we're looking at each other. Scotland rugby's playing. So we go to one of the lounges, so we have a few beers. Before you know it, four, five beers. Morris has Morris uh, got the Versace, but his suit's turned up. He's got his blazer and his suit's turned up. Clarkie's missus come down for the game, didn't realise it won't be there. We have had about five, six beers watching the rugby. Another, right, come on, let's go. So me, Clarkie, Morris, and uh, Clarkie's missus are driving a car back. So we're just driving along. Big Clarkie down with the window. Morris's new blazer flat off right there. Just kept going, she kept driving. Just, just, the window, just picked it up right here. Brand new because he just got it that day. Just, just right down. So for the rest of it, he's got his blazer gather, he's got his flannels, he's got his blazer. You need to find him. And the gaffer's like, ah, right enough, did you know pick that up last week? But Morris was funny, funny boy. Was he, a, was he a top player yogi as well, Morris Johnson, huh? The best trainer, one of the best trainers, could go all day, Simon. Score goals, sees movement. Yeah, we're still talking about football there when you said he could go all day. We're still talking about football, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that is well, eh? He never went out with Morris because Morris never drunk a pint or he never drunk a shot. You know what he drunk? A bottle of moat. So when it comes to you, you're going like, ah. We're going to write, he's a bottle of moat. You're going like, I'm going like, Clarky, Clarky, that's me. You poke it out like a little 50 quid. A bottle of Morris, and that's what he was, but what a boy. He used to stay in one of the, we used to go around and get him. And every time we went to pick him up, he would do it on purpose. He would come out on the boat me with a glass of champagne in the morning. And the boy, Oliver, said, that's him again. So one time he says, come on, come up the house. And it's one of them, you drive in the garage, you park the car and the lift's in the garage and you go up to the penthouse. Yeah. So he goes up to the penthouse and Morris said, so we're looking around, so where's all your, all your football stuff? Where's all your strips and all that? He says, come, come with me, come with me. Pulled down the, the loft ladder up his, and all his strips and all his caps and Scotland caps, all in the all mothballs and all that. Pulling it strips, yeah. You remember Papin, uh, is it John Pierre Papin, the French writer? Yeah. Strips and all that. The boy Oliver, give me that. No, just, <laughs> Morris didn't, just, what a boy, what a great guy, absolute. And would work and train, you could train him all day and he would go all day. Absolutely brilliant. But nightmare on a night out because it was a bottle of water. Brilliant, man. Amazing. Right, Yogi, Celtic coming. When did you first hear about it? Was it Tommy Burns? Well, it was a team. Simon, they were going to sign me the year before. I didn't know that until eventually I went, but I was playing against Celtic at Brockville and I went in for a tackle on Collins, funny enough, and my studs caught in this tough and my whole body and I snapped my ankle. So I was out for a long time. But then when Morris Johnston company uh, Falkirk, his agent was Bob McMurdo. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember we Agent Orange? We uh, Agent Orange, we both yeah. it as well. <laughs> so Bob was hanging about Falkirk and I eventually I went with him. And what happened was the gaffer had left to go to Harps. 
Mm. He was going to stay, going to go, and I was coming out of contract, so he left to go to Hearts. So Bob McMurdo says, what do you want to do? I says, come on, come on we'll talk to them. So we went in and we're talking to the chairman. Uh, and it just funny, it just shows you what happens. We then come out, we were sitting in the car park at uh, Brockville, me and Bill, when the phone went. And Bill picked up and went, aye, aye, no policy, I've got the laddie here. And, let him, and Bill McMurdo went, Tommy Burns. I'm like, ah, this is a fucking wind-up, this is Morris Johnson. <laughs> so he come on, this is no, aye, all right, you want to sing for Celtic? I'm saying, aye, all right, well, stop taking a piss. Bill McMurdo's gone like this and I'm gone. See, part of the wind-up. So eventually Bill says, he's the phone, Bill says, the laddie thinks it's a wind-up. He says, well, it's no wind-up. Where have we got to meet? He says, come, Bill McMurdo says, come to my house in Uddingston. Right? So he says, right, okay, I'll get there in an hour and whatever. Put the phone down, he says, right, you've got one phone call. She's, uh, he says, you've got one phone call, keep this quiet. So I phoned the missus. I says, listen, I says, I'm going to meet uh, Tommy Burns itself. She's over the moon. I says, go down and tell my old man. I said, my old man's in the boozer. My old man's in the boozer on the slate, need money. Right? She goes in, whispers in the hair, and he's going, pick for everybody on the slate. My lad, he's sending for the hoops. I've got a bolt. Got to end up looter. We went through to Eddingston. Right? And I'm not joking, Si. Agent Orange, I walked into Bull McMurdo's house. It was like walking into Ibrox. A Rangers, a Rangers crest. As soon as you walk in, and the Rangers, red, white, and blue blinds, all that stuff. And, he, and I'm like, ah, I'm saying, Bo, what are you doing? I said, you're going to make an arse of us. I says, come on. <laughs> don't you worry, don't you worry. I says, come on. I says, and he's going, ah, well, I put my Rangers strip on. <laughs> Ten minutes later, I'm, I'm all over the place. Dead calm. In walks TV and Billy Stark. And the two of them just pissed herself laughing. Absolutely. <laughs> Want a cup of tea? It made them a cup of tea in two Rangers mugs. And the two of them were drinking. But you know the gaffer, you know TP. He's, he was pissing himself. They done the deal. Uh, and he signed me with Foot Fergus McCann, knowing it. he just done it. I was out of contract, says I'm signing him. And he done it. So they done the deal. And then they were playing Newcastle. That was on the Friday. They were playing Newcastle on a Saturday pre-season. And I went in on a Saturday, passed my medical, and then Rod Stewart was coming in to open him one of the stands because I was getting reefer. Paul McMurdo was doing him, he was bringing him in, so he says to me, come on. He says, come with me. He says, we've got to the airport to meet Rod Stewart, so we're at the airport. No way. No in way. comes the jet, Rod comes, comes down, Paul McMurdo says, this is John Hughes, Yogi Hughes, just sent for Celtic. He goes, wish you all the best. He says, it's been a dream of mine. He says, wish you all the best. They you know, jumped in the limo side and I got lumbered. I had to get out the taxi a left back with all the snappers. So they went back and then I made my debut on the Monday. Signed on the Saturday, made my debut on the Monday against Liverpool. No no draw. Did you know did you know um clothesline Steve McManaman as well? Well, what happened, I, it was a nil nil draw. What happened, you know, he does all the amazing runs. We were high up the pitch, he on the grass to go in, and he was on amazing. And he knocked it and he went to go, and I just started to close one. And the place erupted, I took a booking. But I think the fans saying, Well, we know what we're getting. See, um, just don't say like Yogi. See, just don't say like, obviously, you love Jim Jeffries, he was at heart. What was it about Celtic that made you want to go there? Because it only finished three points ahead 
of Falkirk the year before, they weren't flying or that. So what was it about Celtic that made you want to go there? Well, what happened was Jim Jeffries, when he went to Hearts at Falkirk, he was what he signed me for Hearts. He was on the phone, yeah, coming I mean, to Hearts, coming to Hearts. But then, soon as TV came in, uh, Celtic, and I was a Celtic supporter growing up, to, up to the age of about 14. I used to go in the Leaf Supporters Bus straight to Parkhead. But then what happened was, because I played juvenile football, we started playing on a Saturday instead of a Sunday. So and then I started to go to Easter Road after my game and get up there, and that's when I sort of switched, switched allegiance to to, um, to Hibs. But my dad was a Celtic supporter. He was mad was he Celtic right? supporter. I always thought you were Hibs, mate. No, as a young kid, no. Yeah. Mad, mad Celtic coming up. But at 14, I really changed over. Because all the mates were going up to watch Hibs and all that, and I'm sort of saying to myself, I really need to go do that. And when you went up to Easter Road, some of the players of our own show, you know, you go, my, I, um, absolutely brilliant. And we never played in Simon, you know, we were just a big gang of us all up, climb over the wall, pulling each other up, jump down, and away we go. And we used to stand in Leaf Corner, it was under a floodlight. And all the boys, no matter where we all get together and all that, absolutely brilliant. So good days, really good days. Um, you, when you say you say, Yogi, how was your dad? It was the biggest boy, Simon. I honestly, it was like, it was like I, I could not only imagine it like winning the lottery because any kid growing up, you want to try to get to the highest. And I never went full time when I left the school. That was the biggest disappointment. There's a chance at 16, I could have went in another way because all my, all, everyone that I played against, you're talking about Keith Wright, John Robertson, Paul Kane, David Bowman, Gary Mackay, Gordon Marshall, all they went senior. I got left on the scrappy. Mm. So to get there and work your way through it, to get to Celtic, absolutely brilliant. I can remember playing against Liverpool, making my debut, and I was I was ice in the veins. I was not not a nerve in my body. I don't know why. I played against lesser teams who would have been more nervous. Not a nerve in my body. Uh, and it basically says, this is for me. And then as you say, you're working with a guy, Tommy Burns. He was a pet guardiola. Away back. That was 95, 96. It was so fun. I know what you think, you man. My only, my only disappointment is I never got to know him and I never got to work with him uh, for a longer period of time because he was outstanding. And it was... It was okay. On you go. See on, like, see on Tommy, obviously you've mentioned that like, Jim Jeffries never done much coaching, but a great manager. Was that the first time that your eyes had been opened up to how a top-level coach coaches? Well, what happened was, it wasn't too much. I went there at 31, so I'm walking in saying, right, well, I've learned all my stuff, you know, I've been behind, I've worked hard to get there, my fitness levels. When I walked into Celtic, the quality of player and the standard and the tempo, I was miles behind. I went, wow, miles behind. And for two months, you would think I was the only name at uh, the gaffer. Yo, yo, yo. And all he's doing, Simon, was getting you up to speed. You know, the yeah. standards, the standards. But it was... Uh, I listen to all these managers now and all come up with all these terminologies, high press, low press. It was simplicity. TB put it across. You just get it, get it here, put it in there, and you're sort of looking, taking you in the pitch. Really want to take care of you. Want you to do well. And see when we played young v old, that was a harder game on a Saturday. You're mm -hmm. talking about we Jackie McNamara, Simon Donnelly, Brian McLaughlin, all these guys. They used to not make me for fun. We Eddie. We had the McLaughlin looking that way, nuts, nuts, double nuts. You're getting battered <laughs> into them. And if it didn't start like that, TB, the gaffer would take part in it. And he was nine times out of ten one of the best players. 
and he would he would noise it up. Hey, Starkey would come in. Starkey would come in. Yeah, Starkey. Starkey, I'll play for the young team. Not made any laugh. Starkey, just that lap bit. The standard. Uh, and then the players that are playing with you, you're playing young field. You don't want to get beat. You don't want to lose, lose a goal. Made the game easy on a Saturday. But just the way the gaffer conducted himself and the way he looked after you. De Canio, you played with De Canio. You doing it Swindon. 95, 96. Everybody's into, you know, grooming or selling all that. He was grooming all the hair and everything. Not a hair on his paws or anything. Grooming. <laughs> all the gear. All the gear, you know, the tight fit and the... And I used to keep standing, oh, I'm going to stay him. It was a way ahead of his time and everything that he'd done. Did you not quite see up, Yogi? He cut my... What he'd done, Granny, he had Granny on toast. <laughs> Granny couldn't handle him because he was hyperactive, you know what it was like. We'd be sitting at the team. You know Frank Connor was Frank Connor there when you were there? Oh, uh, Frank, he's a, he's a bit of screwball as well. Frank, you just didn't mess with Frank. Frank used to say, come here, Mr. Hughes, Glasgow Celtic, you're representing. Get that beard shaved off and all that stuff. So you were going in in the morning. You were peeping for Frank. The kids weren't allowed in the first team dressing room. You had to ask permission. You weren't allowed to walk in. You had to go and see Frank. Can I get in there? So Frank was a right, uh, real discipline. But Decanio had him on toast and he had Granny on toast because I think TV says, Peter, look after him. And Peter had him up to here. We'd be sitting having pre-match meal or a meal or we're doing for a couple of days, maybe away. He would be under the table, away under the table, jumping out again, coming up at Frank, oh, and all that stuff. Just had the boys in stitches. Eventually, we went to Seymour, uh, and Granny says, I can't handle him. So TB says, you take him. I says, oh, you're joking. He says, he's going with you. I went in the room and I said, Paolo, any messing about, you're getting a big sleep. No problem. He's got the two phones going, all that stuff. Brilliant, great host. Wake up in the morning, brilliant. I'm going to the shower, does all the shower and all that. Aye, he's blow drying the hair, puts all the suits right. I'm in next. Went to put my trousers on. When I tell him after dinner, I tell them he cut some duty shorts. What he's done, Simon, in the day, it was just, you know, the turn up, the turn ups. Yeah. He cut the turn up, the turn ups off the bottom. And I went, like, I was going to come on, I went and doing that. I got away with it. And he just, he just sitting, pissing himself, laughing. But he was a great boy. And what a footballer he was. What a footballer. Same with the Everything I found about these guys, De Canio, Van Hoydonk, George Cadet, all the guys that have come with a great name, they're so humble. They're so humble, like Capi, all these guys. They would give you the last penny in their pocket, do anything for you. No egos, just got on with it. Uh, and that was it. So it was absolutely brilliant. See, you on Tommy Burnsford, did you, you thought you were a gambler, didn't you? Eh? Oh, did well, you know well, you... well every, every afternoon, boys was that, where's the gaffer? He's away to the casino. He's away to the casino, away to the casino. I'm saying to Big Marsh, God, the Marsh, I says, the gaffer got a you know, gambling problem. He says, what do you mean? I says, he's always at the casino. He says, the casino's a chapel, you're numpty. <laughs> Every afternoon he was in the chapel. That's Team Yogi, nearly the Invincibles. You only lost one game that season and finished four points behind Rangers. Was it the 11 draws at Kilgis? Uh, it was, uh, and the Rangers were a good team. Uh, you know, eventually what Walter was doing there, you're looking at Gorham, McCoy, Hatley, Loudrop, Gascoigne, 
oh, these guys, um, McCall in midfield, John Brunet at the start as well, Robertson left back, Gascoigne was outstanding. He was the best player I've ever played against. He was, was he okay? uh, he, he, he would just do that. He could pick up, he knew the game. He would pick it up. He would, as soon as he turned, he would never come back out. He was turning at you, scored goals, got beyond the defenders. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. What Did you enjoy the games, Yogi? Did you like to the most? He scored, didn't he? One one at Ibrox. What was that? What was that like to score in such a big game? Well, the thing about it is, I played. I think I played in six, and I've never won any. The best I played in Simon was a three-all draw at Ibrox. Uh, I think that was it. One Van Hoydon. He hit it with the laces and Gorham somehow saved it. I think that might have been the game. But the one-all game, we were still going for the title and when we were down, there was about five minutes to go. And the thing about it at Ibrox, see when you're running at Ibrox, you just need to look at the Celtic end was full. No, no. It was absolutely jumping full. They were, to score in the Celtic end, you know, when the cross come over five minutes to go with a header, uh, one-all, the emotions... The camera actually went on the next day, but eventually when it came back to me, the tears were pouring down my face. The emotion, I couldn't control my emotions. And then when we kicked off again, Koisty, you know, Koisty up to all the messing about and all that, he actually just pumped me and says, well done, he says, you deserve that. Two minutes later, he hit the crossbar and gave me that, you know that means stupid grinny has. You know that means you want to Just took the icing off the cake. Was McCoyce like that, Yogi? Would you get a laugh for you constantly during the game, is it? Constantly. It was either a laugh or you were going to batter him all over the pitch. And he was always at the win. But just, you had respect for him. He had respect for you. But I got to know him. And it was good bit of banter and all that stuff. Um, uh, really good. But serious. You know, one minute he was talking to you, having a laugh. And the next minute it was all that. So you had to be on your toes. Mm-hmm. Always had to be on your toes. I can it's- remember the story with Tommy Burns when he was picking the team. I was intrigued. The first old Firm game, you you notice that when you're about Park the old Firm game, all the old Lisbon Lions start coming around about Billy McNeil and Bertie Old, and before you know it, they're in your ear telling you the importance of it. You know what this means, you know what it means to the supporters and all that stuff. And TB, and I was really intrigued with Tommy the way he went about it. I can remember him when he picked his team, he really meticulous, and he went through every player and your job and your job and your job and your job. And he come to Peter Grant and he says, your job is to do Paul Gascoigne. And he says, see if the two years get booked, don't worry about it. He says, see if the two years get set off. He says, that's good. He says, because they'll miss him there and we'll miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Just before I gave you a brilliant man, isn't it? <laughs> but the, the, oh, the different class. And the thing about it, Simon, is when you, we trained in black or dark green, or during the week, see when you come a Saturday and you put the hoops on the white and the white, you felt a million dollars. You felt like a colossus. I can remember my mate Neil Oliver, he was still at Falkirk and we were playing Falkirk at Park Keenan. We were standing in the tunnel and he, he was apprehensive and he was looking for that weekend acknowledgement, you know, just to take that. You know, he says, I looked to you, he says, you had the, the eyes on, he says, and I looked to you in the hoops, he says, you look twice his size. And I'm looking and saying, what has he been doing? And that's what the strip does. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. Absolutely brilliant. Joy, even, for that, crazy, even for that. Even for that. I'm telling you, Yogi, uh, I'm asking because I know you've managed him and he's your good mate. And you, is it Squarehead you call him? John Collins. He uh, went to Monaco. 
Uh, it was quite controversial on the Bosman. What was the reaction at that in the dressing room? No, John was sort of his own boy, really. He knew in terms of, you, we would all be doing our programmes in the gym. You didn't have to tell John what to do. He was in, he would be battling, just walk in, right on the pull-ups, dips, sit-ups, all this stuff, right into his fitness. His diet was second to none. Uh, trained like a world champion, like a world champion, non-stop. Always wanted to work, do extra. I can remember, I don't know if it was a European Championship or a World was it World Cup? But we were having a golf day at Celtic and it was the Tangle Walls. John was sponsored by Adidas. You know, he got a bag of Tangles delivered and we're away golfing. He's out practicing, pinging the ball, working free kicks and all that. That's the dedication and the professionalism this guy had. He was, he was just so focused. So it was just a case, I think, not so much the dressing room side because all the boys sort of say well done and it was Monaco and well done all that stuff I think it was more the club had gone with the bossman I think he was one on yeah. the bossman uh, uh, I think we Fergus felt I think we Fergus is still chasing him now still f- felt it being hard done boy but um, and I think the gaffer I think TV was a little bit let down in terms of he seen himself as a lefty that lefty and it was a massive play for Celtic, massive. You just, honestly, somebody would try to play a ball over the top and you would just pull it down. And he would be on your toes, Giza. You didn't have to pass it, Giza, Giza. And all you would do is drop off in case he was struggling, Giza. Same with McStay, same with Granny. That was his Celtic philosophy. If you didn't do that, you wouldn't be in the team. But absolutely brilliant. And a machine, I have to say this, he was a beast in a machine in the gym until I arrived and I become the king of the gym. I was going to say, who's stronger? You and him, have he's ever rolled a beer, oh, Richard? I batter him, batter him. <laughs> he's into all that bodyweight stuff. I'm in more into pumping iron and all that stuff. When I, thought, when I went back to Hibs, I was then coming going back to Hibs as a player with jockey on experience in Celtic. So you're not, you're not now, you're now setting the standard. You're going yeah. into training and setting the standard and all that stuff. And jockey loved all that. Kenny was a young boy coming through. He was a wee bit ahead of Ryerton and O'Connor and all these guys. He was a young. I used to mark him in front and train and stand in front. He couldn't get his head around us. I just used to stand in front. I just said, just go long, just spin. So you would always coaching him. But any chance he would get, he was sharp. Any chance he would get, he's not a striker if they're right footed and it's on their left. They'll go and they'll run around it and take an extra touch. Defender gets back, mm. gets him. On Kenny's left foot, bottom corner. Boom. On his right foot, bottom corner. So you had to be right on your toes. You couldn't give him that half yard back in the net and you see this guy. And he would always hit the target and always wanted to work on his game. So it was great. Did he give you a bit, Kenny, man? Eventually, once once you got to know him, there was no that intimidation or that respect for you. And then you know he would get... Because he worked for the front, Kenny. That Mm. was Kenny's game. Work for the front, put you under pressure, leave a wee bit on you. And you would say it training, if he knew nothing was coming back, he would really say, yeah, Kenny, exactly, that's what it's all about. You know, so it was good. Uh, it was a real good, and he was always sharp and quick and knew what his game was. His game was movement, go, movement, go. Press you, go, go, work you. And, so, and he always knew, he always had the impression that Kenny knew where he was going to go. He knew where he, what he wanted. Uh, and it, it, it was very, very good. Clean my boots, he was useless. <laughs> Clean my boots, he was absolutely use, useless. 
But um, did you give any t- how much a tip did you give? What was your tip? Good money. It'd be the usual fifty quid or whatever. Would you generalise the young boys, Yogi? Would you make them do like stuff in the dressing room? Well, eventually when the Alec McLeish come in and all, that's when all the young boys come through. Donald Park was the coach and you could see the emergency Ryerton and O'Connor and all these guys. And it was all de-struggled at the time. I was a captain at the club. I was writing in my fitness and into my gym. And I'd be back in the afternoon working and, you know, sweat blowing off you, no, glistening, pump. And all the young kids were sitting watching. So you encouraged them to get into the Ian Murray and like, come on, you need to get into the gym, you need to do this, you need rioting and that. No interest. No interest. But then you would walk past the boot room, Simon, and if there was about four of them in the boot room, you would just jump in, turn the lights out, batter them upside down. Right. But you know what happened? See as he weeks, and me, Donald Park, had something to do with this. See as the days and the weeks went past, they were actually saying to you, come on, get yourself in the boot room. Come on, come on. Because they were all together. Yeah. And you would go in, and I'm not joking, it was you that take the door. And they were hanging off your head, hanging off your leg, and you're swinging. The lights were going, and everybody, and you're like, ah. Oh. But what you were doing is, you indirectly, you were, they were creating a real team spirit. And that, every time, Every time you walk past, and they would be getting it on that. Come on, bring a couple of your first team teammates and all oh, that young team. Oh, just brilliant. Yeah. Could you tell they'd go right to the top, Yogi, or they boys? Aye, oh, aye, aye. Um, because what was happening is they would be playing away in the reserves then, and they were coming in. What was the score? 6 0. Who scored? Riot in 2, O'Connor 2, all that. Goal score. And you'd be walking off the training pitch, and you'd see Donald Hunter all working on their finishing. And what he did, what Donald did, they worked on their weaknesses. Ryerton, left foot, left foot, left foot, O'Connor, left foot, right foot. And they had a wee bit about them, that wee gallus bit about them. Uh, I was doing up a house. I was doing up my house and I went to my mate. My mate was a car salesman. I said, I need, he gave me this wee old Suzuki, but the seats could go down so I could get it all in. Uh, I used to, I used to spin about that. I used to come out for training. My car would be stolen. They would steal my car and all that stuff. <laughs> The banter that we had. And you bump into these guys, Sai, honestly, and they all say that. Because you used to say, them, this will be the best time of your career. Because you're passing on experience what people have told you. And you bump into them, Gary, I bumped into big guys a couple of months ago, says, you were right, he says, brilliant. He says, the laughs that we used to have. And that's the most important thing in football, the laughs. See the banter and the laughs and what you get for the boys and the characters and all that stuff. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And some of the boys... It come there, as you say, Jockey signed me, uh, Jim Duff then come in. He, he he never really quite had the budget to get the real top quality players in and we were ducking and diving and we got relegated. I think Alec uh, come in and eventually, and that was probably my worst time in football the year we got relegated for us. How was that, Yogi, being a local boy getting relegated? How was it yeah, tough? I had, I had myself in the house for two weeks. Honestly, I really did. I couldn't handle it because you know the banter. Like, just talking about my wee son-in-law. My two son-in-laws are two jambos. Two of them are jambos. So the banter banter gone about and all that stuff. Uh, And I couldn't handle it. I was demoralised. If I'm totally honest, you felt you played a part. Could have helped Jim Duff out a little bit better. I picked up injuries and and things like that. So when the gaffer come in, uh, eventually Big Alec come in, I was still injured. I had a hernia operation. I was still injured when he come in. But you could see 
the money that Jim Duffy never got, Big Alec got, he, he, he turned the screw on Rod Petrie because you're talking about guys that he was signing, Big Mixu, Frank Sozzi, uh, Russell Latapi, uh, Dirk Lehman, these, these kind of guys that you're saying, although we're in the first, first division, we're going places and we come right back up. But, uh, so if, he, if he turned the screw on him, on Rod Petrie, Yogi, who turned it back? I know, I well, <laughs> I certainly I never got to him. No, but Rod was a, when Big Alec took over, I think Big Rod, I don't think Rod was ever a football man. He was never a football man in terms of, but because he was uh, Tom Farmer's right-hand man, it was his job to run the club. So it was a wee bit wet behind the ears when it comes to football. And I think, I think the gaffer took advantage of that. See, this is the wages we need to pay. Yeah. Um, and a way back in the day, you know, you're talking about 97, 98, a way, way back in the day. And the, the club was certainly going places. Um, you could just feel it. And it was a case of me sort of saying to myself, right, hang in there as much as you can. Starting to pick up injuries, playing with injuries, uh, hanging. But some great players, a boy, Dirk Lehman was some boy. He was, he was, what a spring he had. You couldn't match him. If you wanted to match him in the air, you had to wrestle him to go and head up. Don't let him get a run on a spring. And I'll tell you a story. He was going to the shower and he, was, he loved his cell. And he was a great boy, Dirk. Really, really good boy. And he was one of them, he'd come out of the shower, you know, with a, uh, gown on and all that stuff and blow dry the hair. Wait, he had a gown on at training? A dressing gown? Oh, coming out after the shower. Put the drying gown on, all that stuff. Blow dry his hair and all that. You know, all the face creams and all that stuff. Calcon his ass. I was injured. I was injured. You know what happens? You're injured. They're away at training and all that stuff. And you're like, oh, I can't handle it. You do all your rehab, do all your work. You're in the gym, you're on the bike. Too much energy. Some guys were like, ah, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, you're getting me two nails, two big four-inch nails, Lehman's gear. So I gets the shoes, and nails the shoes to the flare. He sticks his socks in, hangs all his gear up, he comes back, and all the boys, before you knew it, all the boys knew, he's in the shower, come back, gain up, and it was immaculate duck. Mm-hmm. It was immaculate dress, the real snazzy, snazzy dresser, really. That's what, he, you know, Claude, and he goes to get, he goes to get the shoes. The fuck's going on? Pulls the soap out, big nails, thanks you. He just turns around, I'm after you, I'm right at the door. <laughs> for, for weeks, Simon, the old trick makes you go and you get changed. And what you do is you move your gear about to somebody else's. So when he's coming to get your peg, it's not your gear is there. <laughs> you, you need me up there, you need me up there. So for weeks, he was after me. But he took, and the funny thing was, the boys were saying, when he went to get the, hand, the, the hammer and get the claw and get the nail, the head of the hammer fell off and he couldn't get the shoes. Oh, but that was just the spirit. Good Brilliant. boy. And I'm happy with you. I need to ask you exactly, Latipi. You love him, I know you do. Like, how did you two hit it off? Was it straight away or did it take you a while to get each other's back? No, because uh, the gaffer put him right next peg to me. So he was, he was on my peg right next to me. Uh, and he was absolute. The story was. We were training with the first team. They had a reserve game up at Brecon. We were training the next game day. And as soon as we come in the dressing room in the morning, the buzz about the dressing room was wait till you see this boy who played. The gaffer took him after a, took him off after an hour up at Brecon. Wait till you see this boy, wait till you see this boy. So he come in. And the gaffer said, Met all the boys, he says, here, get changed there, Russell. As soon as you come in, just that smile, just lights the place up. So we're out in the training pitch. 
we used to go right into the boxes. Right into the boxes, in my box, nuts, diving again, nuts. I'm just looking at him and saying, he's taking a piss. And he just started laughing. Just started laughing and all that. You know what it's like, all the boys are pissing me. So I'm just like, I'm going to take nutmeg. And I just felt like, oh, instant respect. You could see it. And then just for there, just the relationship grew and grew and grew. And he's probably, Simon, he's probably the best player I've ever played with. Unmanaged. He was an absolute... Really? What, better than all the Italian players you'll get Technically, he was magnificent. What he could do with his right foot, he could do with his left foot. People will turn around and say, well, hold it in here. He's never had that great career. You know, he played for Porto against Sampdoria in the European Cup uh, way back. Emerson was his partner. He played for Porto. And they're right. And the reason he probably never had that great career that everybody, guys like Paul Scholes and all these guys going to have, is because his lifestyle. Loved a fag, loved a, a drink. And that, How often would he have a fag? How often would he have a fag? All the time before they come in. There was many, as a player, as a manager, you'd be doing your team talk and you'd just do your team talk because Russell was in the toilet up in a fire. Yes, come on, Russell, get the fire out. And you're talking about Park Heath and Celtic. And this is Simon. He would come out and be the best player on the pitch. You're coming at half time and say, right, where's Latapia? He's in there, aren't you? And we smoke in the cubicle up in the fire. Russell, come on, come on. I know, brother, don't worry about me. The thing about Russell was, he knew the game like the back of his hand. He, 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 was like he had eyes in the back of his head. He knew the game. And everything, it was just a pleasure to play with him. I had some of this stuff. And he was in his prime when we were at Had Simon. He was 27, 28. And, he was and don't be kidded. He was fit. He was small. He was fit. See long running, useless. See doggies, winner. Couldn't get near him. Couldn't get near him. The ball... Bring your ball on the training pitch when you get them off the training pitch. Run when they want to be on the training pitch. Bring, and we, if, if the first team finished, we'd want a game with the kids. Bring the ball out. It was absolutely true. He was fit. Uh, and the thing about it, we Frank Soji was here at the time as well, the maestro, the king. He was absolute. But Frank was a wee bit older. Frank had his AD. Yeah. What a player he was. And great guy as well. So great times at Hibs. Great times. You know, you see Lappy with the big runs, would he just, would he just, if everyone was doing a run, would he just jog at the back? Aye, he would just do his own stuff, just do his own stuff, jog away, jog away, jog away, do his own stuff. I've got another, this is a true story. We're doing a pre-season, we're at Stirling University, this is a true story. And he's not done, he's not doing anything pre-season. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. We're about two weeks into it and we're doing a running session. And we're on a running track at Stirling University. And we're doing 200s, but they're in four groups. So the pattern in, pattern in, during the recovery, pattern in. So we've finished the session. So the whole group's met up. So they're doing their warm down. Sun is absolutely belting to him. Brian Rice gives me the nudge. He goes, look at this. I looks over my shoulder. Who's walking down? Just in the shorts of flip-flops, sunglasses on. And the phone, Latapi, this is a true story, Latapi. And I'm going, ah, and the boys are just being battered. <laughs> And I'm saying that. So he's walking, he's walking, doing, walking, doing. So just as he gets to me and that, the boys are coming around the bottom corner. And this is true. One of the boys shouts over, Russell, the boys are just being hammered. Russell, any chance you're doing a bit? He goes, right, he's on the phone. He goes, oh, hold on one minute, puts the phone in. He goes, listen, you's carrying the piano, I'll play the piano. <laughs> okay. Dying, honestly, the boys are like, I feel not, fear not. He was a genius. He was a genius. Amazing. Just the way some of the stuff he did on the training pitch. I've seen him catching a ball on his chest once, right? Catching it, and it's like, you know, it just sticks. And he just rolled it on the back of his head. Rolled it down, back heeled it. Honestly, the chairman was here at the time. The chairman says, do you see that? And I'm going, does that every day, chairman? Don't worry about The chairman was watching. He does that every day. But what he done, he was magnificent. And if you look at the strikers I had at, um, at Falkirk, I started off when I went into the, the coaching and the management, I started off with Daryl Duffy and Andy Thompson. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because going back to all these management um, meetings and this stuff, you know, we're up at Glen Eagles and Sir Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger, all these guys, and you pick up the nuggets. And I can always remember Fergie saying, always have strikers in your team, always have goal scorers in your team. And it's something that just, just sticks with you. And when I was at Falkirk, I went in there, eventually when I went in there as coach, as a manager, we were very, um, we were like nomads because we were so brothel, so we were sharing a ground with Stenhouse Muir. But eventually I got Russell in, we finished something like about third or fourth in the league. The next again year, we moved into the new stadium. But that year, that was me just going into coaching and management, and the budget was the same. And you had to tell some of the players you had played with for a couple of years that I had nothing for them. And because you, and then you wanted to build your own team, and oh, it was absolutely an animal. I don't know if this is for me. This is very difficult. But then, you, if it's the best decision for the club, then you make it. And then eventually we moved into, into that new stadium at Falkirk and started building it up, building it up. And the whole philosophy was on total football. So, Fine, was that, who, whose decision was that, Yogi? Because you didn't own Coyle at first. Like, I watched the Coyle. I'll tell you what happened was, what, we were flying. I, come back, I was at Air United as a player. I played at Air United for two years, two, two great years. Doing at Air United. We got to the semi-final in the Scottish Cup. Celtic beat us. And, and I'll tell you a story about that right after the game. I'm no one for grabbing strips or all that, so I just got on yet. Mm-hmm. But I says in the last five minutes, I says to Larson, I says, Henry, any chance of your strip? Aye, no bother, they beat us. The game finished, never fought in the hand. Oh, boom, boom. Tell me, you see, after the match, 
bang on the dressing room, go through the strip, laughs and there's a strip. Wow. Just shows you these, what I'm saying about these guys. You know what I mean? Absolutely different class. Uh, but I, I went to the, uh, eventually I come back for Air United. Ian McCall was a manager at Falkirk. And what happened was I just basically sort of looked after the defence. Coyley scored all the goals. Have you ever seen a goal scorer? Coyley was unbelievable. Honestly, mm. it was all kinds of goals. And then oh, uh, Ian McCall got the chance to go to Dundee United and he went halfway during the season and he gave the job to me and Owen. But the two of us were players. So he says, what you got to do? And it was quite easy because we only, it was the same team every week. We only had a squad of about 14. He says, well, you're training and I'm training. We'll bring in Brian Rice. So Chipper come in as a coach and we just trained away. Won. Eventually we won the league. At the end of the year, Owen went up to Dundee United as a player coach with Ian McCall. And he says, I, I went for the job and eventually I got the job. And that was it. But first experience as a job, I was still playing. We were out of Brockville. We never had a stadium. We should have went up in the Premier League. They never gave us that. Murrowell stayed up. We're looking. We end up playing at Stenhouse Muir. Oh. No office, no changing, very well, like nomads. You know, the goals were on top of the transit van looking for somewhere to train. They were in porter cabins. My first year as a coach, the money wasn't the same because you never went up to the Premier League. Players you're playing with, I had to tell, I've got nothing, nothing for them. Uh, and it was difficult. But I found my feet in the next again year, you know, I'm saying, right, here we go. Uh, and I got Latapia, and then as you say, he was a catalyst. How did you manage to convince him, Yogi? How did you manage to convince Latapia about all that going on to come and sign for Falkirk? Well, I've always been good mates with him, Simon. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. See, when I left Hibs, I went into the pub game. Me and my brother bought a pub to leave. And I said, I've got in touch with Russell. Russell, listen, I've got a wee booze on that. Any chance you come and do? She said, I'll come down on Saturday. I never thought, no, I know what. I'm back for the football. I'm serving pints, giving a bit of banter with all the guys, you know that. In walks, the door opens. In walks Latapi, Brian Lara, you know Lara, legendary cricket, and about five or six, six feet five, fast West Indy bowlers. The West Indies were in Edinburgh playing cricket. Lara and Latapi are like that, like that. And he brought them in. They stayed for about three or four hours. Different class. No, no, I would just stay on the locals. I'm going, oh, what's going on? Wow. He tells me a story, he went back to stay with uh, Larry. Larry's got a, a ranch back there. Uh, uh, Brian said to him, listen, Russell, we've got a few guests, so there's a few guests in the ranch staying on that, so you get up in the morning, right? So he wakes up in the morning, he goes in the kitchen, the fridge door's open, right? And Russell tells him, he goes, good morning, morning, the bed, he comes around. Morning, Mick Jagger. Who's that? Hi, Mick Jagger loves his cricket. Mick Jagger, we were happy. Russell would do anything for you. He would do anything for you. He would do anything for the kids. Anything. He was just a gemmy, a boy, a real gemmy, a boy. Uh, Did you ever get any uh, him and Dwight York, Yogi? Oh, well, I always declined, but every time Yorkie was up, they were out. All the boys were out. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't like Russell and Yorkie. It was like all the boys were out. Right? We're all out, all out. And I was a manager at the time. I had to stay back. I said, watch yourself. All the boys would do at York. Oh, 100%. All the boys and all that. All the boys would be in Glasgow and all that. On, on that. Russell with him and Yorkie and all that. And that's what I'm saying. Just ordinary, ordinary boys. 
Uh, but he was a he was a genius and a genius of football. Some of the stuff when he done on the football pitch was magnificent. And him and him and Frank going go at Hibs, big mix you up front. You know, it was on. So it was on a good time. Yogi, what was Stokesy like the first time you seen him? Well, I was going to say Stokesy, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Stokesy, see if you were in my team and in my dressing room, you and Stokesy would be best mates because of the banter. Is you know what I mean? When the banter, what, what you, you know what I mean? The banter, what he does and all that. And he's a rogue. He's got a, he's got a side to him that you go, oh, come on, you know. Um, but he's winning him. That for me, I don't know what it is. I love these guys, these lovable rogues. I get attracted to them and I try and get the best out of them. And that's what Stokes had done for me. He was absolutely brilliant. We went down, eventually we went, I got, we got ourselves away down. We went to see Arsenal. And the first one we got was we, Patrick Craig. We midfielder. He was the first one we got. And Liam Brady come to watch us because Liam dealt with all the academy stuff. And he looked after the Irish boys. And he come to watch us against Celtic at Parkhead and we beat them 1 0. And we were popping it. We were good football. So after the game, Liam, uh, I spoke to Liam and Liam says, You need to come and see me. I've got one or two more for you. And that started the conveyor belt. So we've got Patrick Craig, we've got Wee Bradley, who was different classes as well, Graham Barrett. And Craig's sidekick was a boy called Stephen O'Donnell. The two of them are managing the night. He was a good right player. good player. They two, they two were his thickest thieves. And see, every time he played against Hibs, Bruni and Thompson, O'Donnell and Craig, it was a ding-dong. It was a mm. ding-dong. And they two were right up for it. They no, no messing about with they two. You're talking about Arsenal, and the two of them were the best of mates. Still are now. So yeah. they would watch each other back, and the two of them were right up for it. And then you threw in the mix, Liam Craig, used to jump about with A2 as well. He would jump in and all that. So you were creating that spirit. And then, we, as I say, we bring on all comers that the five year at Falkirk in terms of that style of football. See, that list of Yogi, you've signed some amount of ugly bastards, didn't you? Oh, yeah, but that's the secret. That's, <laughs> Simon, do I know someone? This is what we used to see. See, for signing guys, and somebody's got to pick them up. I, Right back in the day, I would go and get burned trialists and I would take them in to stay with me. We never had that kind of, you could go and stay in the hotel. It was all, everybody was in it together, come and stay with me. You know, my missus was saying, who's this new? Or oh, a trialist and all that stuff. Uh, and we were all over the place in terms of signing so many players. And some of the, the other players, that guys like Kenny Mullen, Jack Ross, Kenny Mullen, Jack Ross, we got Kenny, they'd done absolutely brilliant for us. But Stokesy was... Was he the biggest headache you had as a manager at Falkirk, Yogi? Nah, he was easy. I loved him. Because he was coming on a Monday, was it him, like Ryan, they were mavericks. And you have to you have to manage them different. And it, it does piss the boys off, but Stokes was the same, left foot, right foot, never run around it, um, all kinds of goals, really sharp, no quick, but sharp. But you could, I always say, I'm looking to play in midfield. See, all good footballers could drop back into midfield and run the show. He says, could I not? And they could do it. It just didn't want to do it. It just wanted to go that way and score goals. And some of the stuff we done on the training pitch, but remember Roy Keane, we sold him, we had him on loan at Falkirk and he scored 16 goals in the 18 games. He scored back-to-back hat-tricks. It was all over Sky Sports. 
Eventually, we said there was, we, Roy Keane got the job at Sunderland and Bottom. Roy Keane must have known through all the Irish sentences. There's a talent there. And Bottom for Sunderland. There was a time he went down to Sunderland and Stokesy being Stokesy, right? He turned up late for the bus. At Falkirk's one thing, at Sunderland's another thing. You know, where, where we need him at Falkirk. Sunderland maybe saying yeah. we can go before. I think Roy left him. Left him. The story goes, he scored back-to-back hat-tricks for me. We were playing Dunfermline. Falkirk Dunfermline's a, a derby match. We're at Dunfermline. Yeah. He's 15 minutes late for the bus, Simon. And I'm sitting and I'm going, ah, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 15, I'm going, what do I do here? Wait on him. And the next thing, minute, he's come on the bus, on the shame of those, sorry, Gavin, sorry, Gavin. And I said, what's it? I said, so, slept in. I said, midday, come on. So eventually he sits down. So I just gets up and I walks along, walks down the bus and I sat down next to him. I said, by the way, it's no problem, you're clear. I said, so get yourself mentally, just to take that edge off him. You know, oh, just take that edge off him. Half an hour gone, Simon, hard trick. We beat them 5 1, Stokes a hard trick. Boom, 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 hard trick, 5 1. Finished the game, got changed, come and get back on the bus. Where are you going? Going on the bus? No chance. She's you're getting a taxi here. <laughs> what? <laughs> taxi here. I said, You're getting a taxi. He said, Oh, come on, Gaffer. I said, You're getting a fucking taxi here. I said, Here that TV. Oh, come on, come on. And the next thing, minute, you see his wind turning over, he goes, Hi, oh, all right then. He says, uh, And you see him, he, and he's hanging. I fancy a night out in Dunfermline by the way. He's looking at the And you're saying, eventually, come on, go on that bus, you. But it was magnificent. And then, it never worked out for him at Sunderland, so I moved on to Falkirk to Hibs. And we sold uh, Fletcher, Stephen Fletcher, but we never sold Rod Sold. I was on holiday in America. I just got the job. I was on holiday in America in my first week, so I wasn't even, never even been on the training pitch. Phone call for Owen. Owen had then moved down to Burnley just to give you a heads up. I'm signing Stephen Fletcher for three million. Say what? Says you're joking. But I got lucky because that's when I, I went back to Falkirk and Barra and Craig and all these guys were were, were out of contract. So and I got Liam Muller in, who was absolutely outstanding. So oh, what a player! Just the last few bit on Falkirk, Yogi. The 2009 Scottish Cup final. Uh, Ran Rangers so close. Would that be one regret that you never won that game? Because you've battered them. Diana, it's the first time. Diana, it didn't, it didn't bother me, honestly, because we were fighting relegation. And the week before, we beat Inverness up at Inverness. Big Higgins scored the goal to beat uh, Inverness to stay in the league. And the next again week was the Scottish Cup final. So all that week was trying to get the bonus money sorted out for the players. And you know what it's like. What, what they're wanting, the club's making all the money but the players are only getting money if they win. So they're wanting appearance money. So you try to get it sort of out. All the directors are hiding. And I'm grateful the, the chairman eventually come down. What we planned was we were going down to Sunderland or Newcastle, staying in Newcastle. Uh, and we were using Sunderland's training pitch. Uh, and the chairman come in to see us and we eventually sort of do it wet down there. And the reason I'm saying you know, that, I knew I was on my way to Hibs and it was nothing to do it was the style of play, Simon. We absolutely popped Rangers off the pitch. He beat us 1-0, and it's all about winning the cup. But see, as a coach working with lesser players, smallest budget in the league, to galvanise a team and play the way we played, you can accept getting beat. And the thing about it, in that team, 
three of the starters were all come through the academy. Our field started, Darren Barr come through, he was my captain, and Tom Scobie played for me. And there was two other kids on the bench. Uh, Mark Stewart was on the bench, and I think it was Chrissy Mitchell. So that was it. Uh, and you went like, you'd have to take it on the chin. Well done, Rangers. But our performance that day were gone a different class. You see on Scott Arfield, was it you that told him to stop playing music? Remember he was in that stupid band? Oh, he was in everything. Arfield, Arfield. See, see the boys and Chris, the boys, the young boys we had at Falkirk. What we done, Simon, soon as six months in YTS, we like, ah, you're in with the first team. Sink or swim. Him, Scobie, Chrissy Mitchell and all that stuff. And we, Arfield, you, you would tell him and he would hang his hat on it. We signed Big Alan Kearney and Big Kearney, uh, eventually I think we signed him for Clyde or something. Big Alan Kearney and he stayed in Livingston, that's where Arfield. I used to say, Arthur, what you're doing at training is not enough. You want to be the best, you need to be doing road runs and all that, 20 minute road runs before your tea and all that stuff. But Kearney sitting at the traffic like pouring the rain. Next to game minute, boom, who's running past the car? Arfield. It was, and you can see him now, he's just a running machine, yeah. a good football. Great boy, you're getting a great boy. Banter's brilliant. And one of the boys, once again, go back, one of the boys. He's in amongst the banter and he loves all the banter and all this stuff and all that. And it was absolutely, it was a dream for me. Couldn't keep him at the first team. I used to still play Simon. I used to play in the reserves and he used to play away. He used to play him in a position, right back, centre forward, in a position. And now and then you would test the kids, their character. Hey, you, fuck it, hey. Right? And you see one or two of them going that way. Well, I was a gaffer. You could mm. see one or two of them going that way. Oh, oh. I feel going, just go with your own fucking game. Yeah. And I just used to laugh. I just used to go, oh, he's got a bit about himself. You know what I mean? And yeah. the other ones, I remember, you, you had to sort of morally coddle them. But even that folk, all the kids in the folk at the time, oh. Would you terrorise yeah. me as a manager, you yeah? Oh, always. Oh, that's a part and parcel. I used to go in the dressing room and have a laugh and all that. But you had to keep your distance. Mm. You had to keep your distance and all that stuff. And like up here in the dressing room and good pros, I was talking to you. Guys like uh, Kenny Mullen, uh, Jack Ross, right good pros, Liam Craig. Uh, but then you got Hibs, mate. Again, as we said, used to go and watch them as a boy. How proud of the day was it to then manage them? I can remember the day I left Hibs as a player. I said, I'll be back here as a manager. That was my goal. You know how you, you, you put some, you manifest something that's always in your thought. You put it in your, I'm coming back here as a manager. You said, like, a good manager, coach, keeps it simple. But how simple did you need to keep it for Colin Nish and Derek Riordan? <laughs> Especially Vig Nizzi. I can remember having a team meeting and we were talking about um, football and how the game should be played and how we should play it and it's total football. And when we were flying, we, were, we went doing pre-season, we went doing took Blackburn on Sam Allardyce Blackburn. He had his first team. We battered them 2-0-0. We absolutely footballed them. Stevie Keane was the assistant manager at the time. Stevie mm. Keane says to me after the game, he says, what are doing? That was, we, put, we had it gone. But I remember having a saying, well, footballers, footballers have to control it and pass it, no matter what position you are, you need to control it and pass it, keep it big mission. Okay, I have to pass it. Because you're a footballer. <laughs> I'm not a footballer, I'm a centre forward. Big mission. And I used to walk about with protein drink, thinking I'll just drink the protein, I'll put muscle on. <laughs> uh, but a funny big boy, big He never gave you a problem. And scored goals, sign. Yeah, and Derek, Derek was a genius. Derek was a, a maverick, a genius. Never gave you. Derek was quiet. 
very, mm. very quiet. Never Quite shy, you Quite shy yeah. Aye, very, very quiet. Never give you a problem. Now and then on a Monday you would come in, you would look at him and you would just go, ah, Derek, just go with the physio. You know, he had been out the night before. <laughs> the biggest problem I had with Derek was you used to have to park in the front car park for health and safety and get your car sent in. He used to park around the back. And the health and safety guy, the security guy was ever chasing me saying, you need to get in. He's parking around the back, coming in the back way. Never a problem. We bit of a tappy. Then they run, they're running, all that stuff. Yeah. See when the goals come out in the ball, couldn't you get them off the pitch? Shooting. Couldn't you get them off the training pitch? All kinds of goals. Dinks, chips, left foot, right foot. Absolute genius. Absolute genius. And clever. Simon, where's Neil? Oh, uh, Yogi, Yogi, no, 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 I'm not having that. He's what? Aye, 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 aye. And there, but see when I come on in the football pitch, how the game and see where he was clever. He knew where to go, not to get kicked. He knew where to go, where Maybe. to get the ball and all that stuff. And he knew his angles. Very, very good. Never gave me a problem. Um, it was a pleasure working with Derek. He gives me. On you go. See, just on that, like, who's the one player that, that would give you a nightmare? Who would be a headache? Who would constantly answer you back? I like all that. Has it been one? I think, I think that's all banter and all that because it's all so done in good spirit. Latapi, uh, Latapi always, he would come and all that stuff and you would, you would lose the plot with him and all that and he would just look at you like, are you for real? And all that, and all that, and all right, Russell, and all that stuff. And the thing about Russell, even when we went up to Inverness and he was in there as assistant manager, we done all the coaching, Marcel and Kells and all that. See, Russell, the game would be going on, Simon, and Russell would be in your ear and say, you need to watch that, do this, change that, you need to do that. He knew the game like in the back of his hand. He could see it before it happened. And even when he took the reserves at Falkirk, I would be out and the bench would be, and Russell would just be looking at you. Let them play, let them play. So he was good for me. He was a genius, right. an absolute genius. Right, mate, on Inverness. Oh, your greatest moment. Oh, brilliant, mate. What a team you had. I'm not just saying this, like when I was at Dundee, you were probably the best footballing team we played in the league, eh? Uh, it, was, it was total football. What I'd done, Simon, see when I went to Inverness, I'd done my due diligence, I knew what was up there. Uh, and when I went in, I never changed it too much. But Terry Butcher's style was get the ball in the opposition half, go and press them, don't let them play real aggressive style up and at them. Don't play in your own half. I never really, I just started drip feeding it that first six months because I went in halfway during the season. And I first just started drip feeding it in a little bit. And uh, the boys loved it, loved it. And went to the League Cup final, Parkhead. Aberdeen beat us on penalties in the League Cup final. It wasn't a great game. But that experience the year before Simon had been in a cup final, I think the boys had the taste for it. Yeah. See, just, so on that, the... you'll be on, um, see, just quickly before we go to the semi-final, Scott, you're speaking about Scott Keller, he says to ask you about your briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was, when we win the Scottish Cup, Simon, I'm not superstitious. But I can remember the first game against all my paperwork, the first game against St. Mun. I'd left something in the dressing room and somebody put it in a plastic bag, right? And I had these old training shoes on and, I, and we drew with St. Mun. So the next game, we beat St. Mun 
and I never changed my training shoes and I, I kept all my paperwork in a plastic bag. So we went to Scottish Cup, me walking about with all my paperwork in an Asda bag. <laughs> and just superstitious, I said, I cannot change it. And he said, where is that? How can that be? Uh, you might be all that electronic stuff and all that, but we were never into all that. We were, it was just yeah. all the coaching was on the pitch. And okay. once I gave him all the coaching sessions and it was passing the ball and how to beat teams and stimulating them, then the boys just were like, oh, give me everything you've got. We all started doing pre-season, made the decision, Kells and all that was coming with me. all started doing pre-season. And I said to him at the end of the season, I promise you, every one of you has come back with your body weight and your body fat intact. First day, it'll be the best pre-season you did. Every one of them, a man, come back. 10% body fat, all their weight, because their weight match their body fat. Every one of them. We never done a double session pre-season. Never done. You do pre-season, morning, afternoon, cannot walk the next game day. We never done a double session. All we done was, we trained in the morning, all ball work, ball, 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 because we were so much trying to get all the philosophy and how to do it, all the rotations, ball, ball, all that game, small-sided games. And all we did, every now and then, maybe two nights a week, we played a Highland League team. So the boys would go back to what John Collins says. The boys would train in the morning, go home, get their sleep, get their dinner, come back at night, play against the Highland League team. And it was one team one night, one team two days later, and we mixed the train up. Never done a pre-season. Then the last game in the pre-season, we went down to play Birmingham. We flew down to play Birmingham. Um... Birmingham beat us 2 0. We Cads played. We Cadis played. Yeah. We Cadis played. And Cadis yeah. was on the coaching course, and I said to Cadis, What about that game? He said, By the way, what are doing? That was Christy. Lee Clark was a manager. Lee Clark tried to bribe by Christy right after the game. And they were max, but they were absolutely brilliant. Popped them. We could have got someone out of the game, but they beat us 2 0. Coming back in the airport, all the directors are on there. We're having a few babies. The wee chairman's with us. We chairman's face is tricking himself. So I'm saying to him, I said to me, what's the matter with you, Kenny? He said, oh, nothing. I said, come on, chairman, what's the matter with you? Great wee guy, wee chairman. He's like, name, what are the directors? What's the matter with you? What were we doing? We never win anything playing this tippy-tappy football. Win the Scottish Cup, Europe. Wow. Scottish Cup, Europe and fourth in the league. And that year, Simon, you played, you played against a wee, that, all the pre-season. Right going in, there was always a, even playing the Highland teams, you know, the, the press, get it playing out, goalkeeper's distribution, popping it all about, guys that could look after the ball. And even guys that were more like Draper and Gary Warren, these guys that were more, we bit like myself as a player, heart on the sleeve, get stuck in, they become culture. They, they yeah. you know, in the training, because you were saying, you need to be a footballer, get on the ball, pass it, one, two touch, and all the training was conditioned to, to play total football. We got to that Scottish Cup final and uh, the semi-final uh, Celtic. And we knew, we, we knew that was it. And I went and watched Celtic against, I think it was called Marnock in the midweek. And I was watching the game. We always did a match report. That's no me. I, I'm sort of looking at other wee bits. And after half an hour, I just put my book away. And I was with my mate, Neil Oliver. He come true. And he says, what's the matter? And I say, I know what I'm going to do. I say, I'm going to press him. And I say, he's a goal. We've got to force him to kick every ball. Craig Gordon. And come and uh, come match day, we worked on it, all, this, all the game preparation. I had a big boy called Edward Afira. 
big boy, big strapping boy. Uh, used to play at Malmo, six feet two, bolt like a tank. And I says to him, I pulled him in two days before, and I says, you see that newspaper? And I'm in the office, kind of on there's a newspaper. I says, where have you got that newspaper? And he just looks at me and says, what is it, Gaffer? I says, deniers in that newspaper saying that you're easy, you're easy. He just looked at me and just says, am I play on Saturday? We'll see. And he walked out. Kel looked at me and goes, See, she's up for it. I say, I know. I say, get Watkins in, get Watkins in. I say, Marley in, you come. Marley's a whole different. Marley, honestly, Marley can't work out. Why? His brother's got, what is it, his sister or that one? What they say, his brother's got two sisters and he's only he's got one brother. That's his fucking brother. Honestly, Marley, anyway. I get Marley and I say, Marley, you can win us a cup. He says, what? I says, you can win us a cup. He says, hell. Marley was quick, rapid, and she pre-seasoned. Marley would run away with everybody and keep going. I says, you need to, get, you need to do a job on uh, Van Dyke. I says, you need to be right up against him. Don't let him get started. Don't let him play. Be a nuisance game. I'm punching the nose if you're huffed you know, right in about it. Mess him about. Mm. I see, and Marley, once again, he says, I take it on playing. I says, I get yourself focused. That's what I used to do. I used to like picking my team. So the boys could settle and then the substitutes, they knew they were not playing and you used to say, you need to be supporter of party. On the day again, you get somebody walking about. All the work yeah. was done and that's what we did, Simon. So when the goalkeeper, when the game started, the goalkeeper went to the, the ball went to the goalkeeper. The two wingers were right up against the fullbacks. The two centre forwards were right up against the centre halves. They had split. Two midfielders were right up against and the only problem is we had, I think it was Johansson that was playing number 10. Yeah. It was Griffiths that was up there. You see, he kicks the ball, Griffiths and Johansson, my centre-halves are heading it. As soon as he kicked it, one of the strikers dropped right back into midfield and the two wingers, and it was a sprint right back in there. It was like a small pitch within a big pitch. So we were winning the headers. We had more numbers in there getting on the second ball and we were at Celtic. We were at them. And for the first 20 minutes, we were the better team and we were gaining them again. But then what happens if Van Dyke steps, steps up and hits that free kick? Steps up, but we won't look at it. That as a manager, is there? No, no. He, what about the handball, Yogi? Did you see it? Could you see him handballing it? Aye, I thought it was a sending off. Aye. I could. I seen his head gone, but as soon as I turned around, I'm sort of looking. Kells actually says handball. Or I think it was me, Russell, says handball. And I went, aye. And then you're sort of looking at that and it's got to play on. And I went, oh, well, when I watch here, and then some of the things that happened in the Scottish Cup that year, you're saying to yourself, our name's on this cup. You know, it's just that perfect storm. And that was one of them. And then another couple of things happened in that game was we used to leave three players up the park. Every time a team got a corner against us, we used to leave three players. Yeah, and teams were like, oh, oh, and, right. So it's a game of bluff, a game of gamble. I'd take the bluff. And what happened, Celtic got the corner and it come in, it was flat. It got headed out. And eventually Watkins got picked through. And when he, he got, there's no catching him. I think it was, was it, was it Chalmers? Where was it? The wee fullback at the Celtic at the time. Forget who it was that was chasing him. It was meant to be quick. But there's no catching Watkins. It was a flying machine. Mm. And then around Gordon. And he overrun it. Gordon clipped him. Penalty sending off. And you're saying to yourself, you're actually saying to yourself, whoa. And they took Forrest off. And that sort of helped us a little bit because he was he was at it that day. And that helped us a little bit. And then obviously doing the 10 men. But you're playing against Celtic, you're saying, the game's not done. 
And then you're saying to yourself, we need to score the penalty, but the goalie's gone off. They're taking their time, the other goalie's gone on. They're all in Tansy's ear, right? And he's like, ah, and I've got like that. And I don't know what he was feeling like, because I'm going like, ah, I can't watch this. I turned around and just watched the crowd. Boom, goal, one all, And you just say, hey, come on. No got a better chance to beat Celtic here. And we dominated the game. But Celtic being Celtic, you, you never beat them. You can never beat them. Uh, and as you say, it went into extra time. Went into extra time. And he scored the winner in extra time. And everything that we were working on, going back to all that Celtic stuff, Shinny left back, David Raven right back, Shinny linking up, getting in there, crossing it, squaring it across. Who's coming in in the back post? Your right back, shouldn't you be there? Should be back yeah. the park to get you the winner. Absolutely brilliant. Get turn around, get it up, get it up, you Collins, because he was assistant manager. <laughs> was that was that what was that feeling like? You'll be amazing. I had known you'd got Inverness in that cup final. Absolutely brilliant because you felt then it was your team, you know. But the thing about it, Simon, it wasn't it the spirit. Everything I've told you about there in the dress rooms, I've been in the characters and the spirit. You know, you've been in the dress rooms, the banner, some of the stuff you carry back at Falkirk. Honestly, we had a communion bath and everybody's gear and all oh, the cars and some of the stuff you go at went on the spirit and the laughs that you had. That dressing room up at Inverness was like that. They were a great bunch of boys. A great, and I used to encourage them, get yourselves out. No, no, I'm away here, get yourselves out. And Doran's once got, I think Doran's got arrested with the police when we were up there. And it was in the, in the newspaper, so I've got the newspaper, I calls him in. And he comes in and says, Aaron, get in here. I says, what's this, getting arrested, arrested with the police? He never got charged, he just had a few months to him away. And I says, what's this, getting arrested? And I says, well, have a look at the paper, oh, I'm sorry, Gaffer. I says, sorry for what? I says, sorry for getting arrested. I said, it's not that I'm going to be. I said, was that the fashion pool? I said, you got arrested. Look at the clothes <laughs> you wore. <laughs> you know, you just know. I've been managed with fine on two weeks' wages and all that. You were just in it with them. But the thing about it was, we were flying in the league, Simon. We mm. finished fourth in the league that year as well. It got them into Europe. So finishing fourth in the, in the league in the SPL, and Kells come in and says to them, says to the boys, halfway through and say, I'll tell you, somebody says, keep going, Kells says, tell you what, you finish, you finish, uh, get us into Europe, he says, I'll take a training session with uh, the Mankini on. So see that whole year, it wasn't like beating Aberdeen or beating Dundee United or Celtic or whatever. The whole year is when they won, they went, oh yes, get the Mankini on, Kells for the Mankini. That was all the banter, and he loved all that, and all the, the banter and all that stuff. And that kind of thing kept us going, and the boys were up, everybody was on top of it, and it was great. But then, as you say, it took us into the cup final. Was it Falkirk? Well, aye, but we massive underdogs against Celtic. Mm. Massive underdogs. No more favourites. Falkirk playing in the, in the first division. And we're favourites, how do you handle it? So if you're coming out of massive underdogs, got nothing to lose, going in against Falkirk, got everything to lose, it's a whole different mindset. But going back to the year before and the preparation for the League Cup final, it was terrible. We signed up in Inverness, didn't even get to train on the first team pitch. We were still training at Fort George. We went down the night before and it wasn't, it wasn't a great preparation. So I was determined for the Cup final. I got the chairman, I said, chairman, we're doing it right. To be fair, he went, what do you need, what do you want? We phoned up all the clubs to see if we could get their training facilities. Inver uh, 
Livingston says you can train on our first team pitch. He says, brilliant. We come down to Edinburgh. We stayed in the Northern Hotel opposite the Edinburgh Airport. It was only about an hour, an hour, ten minutes through to Hamden. Uh, what did he get that? Uh, three days we went down there. We stayed, all the boys, absolutely trained. I only had two decisions. They play Aaron Dorans or Danny Williams. And David Raven was uh, struggling with an injury. The hero of the semi-final. He was struggling with an injury and I'm saying to myself, I says to David, I'll give you right up to the last minute. You come and tell me. And eventually he come up and he says, um, no, I'm not going to make it, Gaffer. I said, I'll put you on the bench. He says, right, fair enough. And then I made my mind up on playing Dorans because he was a match winner. He had all that and he was a great. I loved him to bits. We are and he could do anything, scored great goals. Always scored against Ross County. And then the night before the game, the professional, yes, David Raven, come to see me, says, Gaffer, listen, see, I don't want to sit on the bench, I'm no fit, I don't want to take up another player's place, get to somebody else. Wow. And we did that. Yeah. And, and, and Funny that, how it works out, Simon, because if you look at the final, first half, we bossed it and we got our goal, uh, walking with Doran's running at him as he does, picking it in the pocket, running at him, toe-poking it, walking on it, back in the net. And then second half, they were a better team. But what happened, see, this is a true story. <laughs> this is a true story. And the day of the game, Kells is up in the morning doing for the breakfast and he's high as a kite. I said, calm down. He said, don't worry. He says, I've took two laxatives. He says, time the game comes. This is a true story. He says, the time the game comes. He says, I'll be sound as a pound and that's so sitting down, right? So we take a hand in and the game's going on. And the way the game went, with David Raven no being there, we went up, they equalised. We got a man sent off. Shinny's then playing right back. Shinny then has to go to left back, right? We're looking to put a sub on, right? With a man. Av turns around to make the sub. Kel's got all the set. Nay, Kelleha. I'm going off my head. I'm saying, where's Kelleha? Where's the subs? Where's the sheets? Where's the subs? The lights and ticks have kicked down. He's in the toilet. Hamden <laughs> Cup final day. Honestly, look at this couple walking out. I was like, I'm going to kill you. We Russell, we Russell, we me Russell. Calm down, calm down. James, Vincent, well, we've got to put Vincent on. Vinny, you come on, go, you have to go right back. No problem, no problem. And play away. And the reason why we were going to make this up, Vinny just comes on, playing away. We were hanging on. And I says to the boys, I say, we need to get injury. Need to get injury time to get it settled down and get back in the game. And Watkins just goes on one of their crazy runs, just mm-hmm. taking them all on and goes right through and hits it. And how James Vincent got for right back because the goalie pammed it to put it in the back of the net. It's beyond me. But they two were best of mates. They were as thick as thieves, Vincent and Watkins. And only James Vincent could work out what Marley was doing. But <laughs> nobody else could work out what Marley was doing. And for him to get that, and absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. How did the how did the dressing room smell when you went back in? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, him, aye, Kelleher. He, 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 honestly, he, he was trying to deny it, and, I, and, I see, and eventually we got we got the, the we got the answer to me. Ah, oh, he says, on. he says, my stomach was rumbling. It was telling me. He says, I just had to go. I said, don't worry. I said, it's the best thing. That's what won us a cup. We never made the sub because you were really make it. <laughs> how was that feeling you when the final whistle went? How did you your managerial career? Ah, uh, it was uh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant, but it was it was a bit sadness as well because 
it, it was mixed emotions because it was against my old club Falkirk and I had such a great time there. And as I say, the the fans and all that, I had a great rapport with the fans. So, but it was the our day Inverness, and I say to the players, go and enjoy it, make sure. And all the family were there. They were in the main stand and all that. They were on a double decker bus. They were all bluetooth away over beside the Inverness supporters. And I made my way over, got the kids, got them all on and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, and celebrated. Way back and remember lifting the cup, great. And really sort of, Simon, believe it or not, really sort of try to take yourself out of all that because you know it might never happen again and really take it in the moment. So much so I took the, the twins up with me. Come on, you just lift the cup. You know, moments that will stay with you for years. And then took them back, celebrated, went in the dressing room after it, and it was just chaos, absolute chaos in the dressing room. All the boys, you know, all the Toro, all the Tory, all the boys, you know. And, and then was it a bus back up to Indonesia, Yogi? Well, what happened, you know, it was a drug test after the game, you know how long that takes. So the beer's flying, so there's a bottle of beer flying, so that's about an hour and a half. So eventually, you've got about two, three, four bottles of beer, and then you're on the bus. There's a massive cargo on the bus. Right? So we're all back. Before you know it, it's about three years. We still put up to Rata. Before you know it, I couldn't tell you, honest. I can't remember. It's the time we got for the bus. It's the time you got for the bus. I seen that uh, 89 other day there with Arsenal. Seen them getting off the bus. And all the ships and the tags are around the That's what we were like. The party was on the bus. The shirts are all off, the ties on the heat because it took us that long to get home. And the chairman was right, he says, listen, we had the, the, the reception up in the, the top hall up back at the club. And the chairman says days before, if we win it, he says, they'll all come back and they'll all want to go up the tune. And that's what happened. They all come back, they all stayed for half an hour and all the young team shot up the tune. Uh, but the next again day, um, two double-decker buses down, down to the club, breakfast, all the family were there. Uh, on it and right through the town on the open top bus, finished up in a park, live band, all that stuff, having a sing song, all the fans. No matter what you are, it was absolutely outstanding. And then we've got the European spot. So who had to take the who had to take the Kelleher? Kelleher had to take the coaching session with a mankini on his wore a big wig, the moustache, a mankini taking the coaching session. Right, so after this, we, and he done it, and he's about four stone over. After the <laughs> session, we we went like that. I said to Russell, Russell, so he's away collecting the balls. I said, Russell, me and Russell jumped in the car, so he's coming to get in the car, and I've drove away. <laughs> so there's no way for him, and we're about three or four miles away on the training pitch for the tune for the club. So he's running after the team bus, right, and the first team boys are like that. So the first team boys opened the door and let him in. So he's in the bus. So I've turned around and I'm following the minibus. The, the minibus goes back a different way. It goes through the main tune centre. And it stops it. It's coming down, right? Like the game, when the door opens. And he must have knew what was happening. It's going up. I reckon the minibus is going about 15, 20 miles an hour. And he, he jumps out. He's got the mankini on it. And he jumps out. And you know that fast run just about falls over. But the bus, the minibus takes off. He's trying to get in my car. I'm behind him. I drive off. Oh, we left him there, sticking in my kini. He ran all the way back to the training and eventually got back with one of the young boys. And that's just a <laughs> We sent that into Sky Sports and Hell of Chamberlain said, oh, look at the state of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I might try to get up on my phone. How is he, Yogi, is he, how is he looking that way? 
Tiny. Aye, aye, aye. He's no, he's no blessed. He's no blessed like me and you, Simon, you know? Correct, young man. Uh, and then, Yogi, you won manager of the year, 2015. That must be one of your proudest moments in football, mate, eh? Aye, it was. But it, it was a clean sweep. But what it was, it, was, it wasn't me. I was just a recipient of all the hard work, what the boys put in, Simon. The hard work that they put in. They were brilliant. They were a dream to work with. You know, and I've talk, talk about the players, you know, I'm... I've mentioned players, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here saying I hope I'm not left anybody out because every one of them, to a man, it was brilliant and it was all their hard work. But the most important thing, I have to say this, Simon, um, the style of football we played. Yeah. Proper, proper football. It wasn't a hoofball. You know, I hear all these managers now and to talk a great game and the terminology, good on them, I know how difficult it is, every man to their own. And you go and watch your team and you go, I've no, that's not what I've just watched, you know, they're, they're talking a different game from what I've just watched. Maybe calling the punters, but they don't call them football guys. Hang on, I can talk about it, Simon, because two cup, three cup finals, three teams into Europe, two for the first time in their history. The proof's in the pudding. Mm. You know, my style of football, I get success. So you can talk about it. And the thing about footballers, guys like uh, Shinnies and Christie's and Kansas, Draper's, these guys, Gary Warren, Josh Meekins, two centre-halves, David Ravens, these guys, they all bought into it. They just went, because you were educating them. You were making them better footballers. They are going off the training pitch and saying, I've picked someone up there. I've picked someone up there. And the tempo in which they, you know, I say, I'm not going to police it. I'll sit out there, I'll put the standards in. You just need to police it. So see anybody messing about on the training pitch? It wasn't me yet. The boys were into them. Hey, we're here to do it. We do it right. But it was brilliant. And football, you have to play football that way. You have to learn off the best. I watched that game last night. Watched Man City. That's surely that's how you want to play football. How frustrating. Have you went for jobs in your game? No, got, got, no, got them. Down when I left Inverness, even... I promised my missus I was going to take a long time out. The kids were 15. The twins were 15. Her, her parents were in uh, the nursing home with dementia. The two of them were in the same nursing home. She was doing all that stuff. Never once. She's no one the football and all that stuff. She says, you just get battered in. But I could see the strain and the stress it was putting on her. Mm. So that was one of the reasons why I left sort of Inverness. I was never going to go back in. I was going to take a year to two years out uh, and do that and see the kids growing up and all that stuff. Uh, and, that, and that Rafe Rovers thing. And basically, she well, come in and give us a hand. So that was it. Uh, and it never worked too. And then after that, it sort of scurrying me a wee bit and I'm sort of saying to myself, nah, there's been jobs come and go. And then I'm saying to myself, do you want to know something? Your CV stands up with anybody in Scottish football out with maybe somebody like Lenny or manages the Celtic because they weren't with the best players. But lowest budgets, you know, Falkirk, Cup finals, and, uh, Europe, all that stuff. Your budget, you're good at it. Your teams play real good football. The way football, which you'll appreciate because you're a football guy, um, it's your passion, you love it. It's about time you go back in there. So, over the last sort of year, the start of this season, although we're in a pandemic, I've sort of said to myself, right, right, go. Well, put it this way I had a wee sniff at St. Johnston and they were different class. Right along the whole process, thank you, this is the next stage, this, that, next thing, and then it looks like we're going to go with our manager and thanks for your, for your interest. Perfect, that's the way you conduct yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I got close to one in uh, Europe, I write a cracker. 
just there, it was between me and another guy about three months ago. Uh, so I was close to that one, but I'm desperate to get back in. Football's my passion, Simon. I don't, I don't, I'm a quite a humble guy, but when you look at my record and what I've done with teams, so-called small teams, small budget, play the style of football, get the best out of players, and I think there's a place for me in football, so hopefully I'll get back in soon. Definitely, man. No, we on this program, we're always saying for you, we want you back in. We need to, we need to see more teams in Scotland playing football that way for me. Yeah, well, see the thing is, Simon, listening to your program every now and then, when you're talking to like ex-players of mine or guys that will work with me or things like that, ninety-five percent of the guys that work with, I'll, I'll tell you, are different class for, for the work ethic, the fun, the education, and the style of football. We love it. You always get the percentage of guys that go, nah, that, he's no for me. That's just life. Yeah. But I hear guys like that, oh, when I was working with Yogi or Yogi this or Yogi that. And that's, that falls with a little bit of pride. Hmm. You know, a little bit of pride. I bumped, we were talking about Andy Thompson, who's now with Shirley Kerr, with the Scotland women's team. Away last year when I was coaching with the SFA, because I still tutor the badges, the B badge and A badge. And yeah. I bumped into Andy, and Andy says that. He says, how are you knowing the football? I said, I don't know, Andy. I said, this and that. Well, I don't, I don't really know. And then the, and Andy turned around and where he went, he went, oh, dude, self. And turned around and said, best of work with. Best of work with. Dundee United jobs up. Dundee United jobs up, Yogi. That's the one for you, mate. I, I noticed that. Uh, good on um, Robbie getting a hard job. Got a good job there. But Dundee United, we'll see what happens, Simon. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed for you, mate. Yogi, you're a hero. Thanks very much, mate. Come on, Silent What a guy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.